0: Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Romans 12.1 I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that leads us into the discussion of the helmet of salvation, the helmet that protects the head, the brain, the mind. The eyes, ears, the nose, the mouth, everything in the head, a lot going on in the head that needs to be protected. The head gives us most of our input. It houses the mind where the input enters and is then processed. The helmet is a piece of equipment that provides the wearer confidence. Think of a soldier going into battle without a helmet. Would this affect confidence? Do you think that would affect performance? Absolutely. One strike on the head, you could be dead. Humans are a three-part being. We have a body, a mind, or a soul, and a spirit. Our bodies and minds can't function good without one another. But I think we can function without a spirit, in a sense of not using the spirit as the way it's intended. It appears to me that we can, because it seems like the vast majority of people on the planet do not claim to be spiritually driven. It's a weird thing to them. But when we engage our spirit with our minds, and our bodies. We function as God intended us to. We are designed by God to function using all three of these aspects of our being. How sad is it when many do not even seek the Lord's wisdom? Rather, we run to the world for wisdom, which may seem good at the time, but man, how many times have we been duped by taking advice from someone we thought was wise, and they turned out to be foolish. So we receive wisdom from God that gives our mind understanding. It's like love. Love in Romans 5 5, love is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's a different kind of love. It's a power. It's something that's very different from our emotional love. It's God's love. And when God's Holy Spirit is in you, that love is in you. But God also wants to give us wisdom. And when God was speaking to Job, and he basically was taking Job out to the woodshed, he said, Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind, Job? Uh, that would be you, yeah, God gives us wisdom, so, as in Romans twelve, we may discern what is the will of God. Let I me mean, read that back to you, Romans twelve two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and compared to a helmet that salvation protects our mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's why God gives us his wisdom, so we can discern what is His will. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Again, the mind is a very key component to our relationship with God. And we need to be people whose mind is transformed, not people who are conformed to this world, but transformed by God. That means you're changed from one thing into another. Our mind is now engaged with the Holy Spirit and that wisdom of God, if we're in tune with God, we begin to discern things. And it's crazy. There's just things that you look at and you're like, uh-uh, what's wrong with you, Matt? No, no, nah, uh, something's not right with this. And that's the will of God, that we may know and discern what is good, what is perfect. And Paul says to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians six nineteen, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own We now belong to God. As a child of God, he is our father. We belong to his family. We fall under his authority as a child would fall under his father's authority. And even though we're all ultimately under the authority of God, as children of God, we belong to him. We're not our own anymore. We are children of God. And his spirit is in us, and therefore we become a temple. The temple that the Jews built in Jerusalem was the place where they would go and God would meet them. That was the place where God was, and obviously God's everywhere. But the idea behind our body being a temple means that God is in us. So wherever we go, God is with us. So we make it our aim to do His will. Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Psalm 143, 10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And there, again, is that wisdom, being led by the Holy Spirit, having that wisdom to have a life that is on level ground, not a slippery slope where we crash and burn every day. It's His will that we need to be seeking. And Jesus, when he was teaching the disciples how to pray at their request, what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, which is actually the disciples' prayer, because they're the one that said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's when he said, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And then it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To do God's will is our purpose here. And when we do God's will, when we're walking in obedience to him, a whole new life unveils. It's insane. Your old, boring, mundane, screwed up life all of a sudden takes on meaning as you begin to obey him and things are becoming more clear. You're getting that wisdom and it's amazing because we're seeking his will. And we realize this is my purpose in life is to glorify God, to do his will. So we're taking up that helmet of salvation, covering our mind because our mind needs to be protected. When we have a poisoned mind, poisoned by our flesh, our earthly desires, the enemy's schemes, What happens is we slip right out of the will of God and we go right into the will of the devil or into the will of ourselves, which by default means the will of the devil. Because if the devil can get your eyes off of God and on yourself, then the rest is easy. And all you got to do is look around at all your selfish friends and see how screwed up they are and how many people they've hurt. See a lot of them at their retirement homes, been to a lot of retirement homes. And you know the people that have done it right because they always had their pictures, their names, all this kind of stuff up on their walls, pictures of grandkids and all this, pictures of their children, family gatherings. And then you have those who did everything their way to their benefit because they were the most important person in the world. And you can talk to other people in the retirement homes too and say, what's uh, with them? Oh yeah, their family doesn't want anything to do with them. Why? Because it's all about them and it's always been about them. And they don't have pictures of their grandkids or their kids. They usually have pictures of themselves and they're the miserable ones. And then you see that life of selfishness. They got their eyes on themselves and it just ends up a mess. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So the helmet also is that hope that we have. Our mind is fixed on the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope we have in salvation, the hope that we have in eternal life the hope that in this life we have the Holy Spirit that will guide us in all truth and will teach us and correct us and encourage us when we need it so we don't have to fall around like we normally do, chasing our own dreams and everything. And sometimes, you know, our own dreams lead to something very exciting, very cool. And if we lay those dreams down at the feet of the Lord and say, this is my dream, Lord, this is what I want. And we wait upon the Lord, you will be surprised how many times he will allow you to fulfill those dreams, but just with a mind that is focused on him. I've got several examples of things I always wanted. I always want to do this, man. it will be cool. But when I became a believer, I'm like, no, that's never going to happen. And it happened, but it didn't happen in a way that I thought it would happen. I Always wanted to go to other countries. I've been to several other countries, and one of those countries I was fascinated with is Russia. And God totally took me to Russia. It was on a ministry thing out of the blue. Says you're going to Russia. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. Matter of fact, I got my Bible from Russia. I have it in my hand right now. And regarding that verse in Romans chapter twelve, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may discern what the will of God is. I love the way that this Bible puts it. It's a bilingual Bible. You got Russia on one side of the page, and then you have English. So instead of saying, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it says, don't change yourselves to be like the people of this world, but be changed inside yourselves with a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide and accept what God wants for you. It's been over 20 years since I went, but I've always remembered that verse, Romans 12 too, and getting a new way of thinking. And that's what God gives us. He gives us a new way of thinking. He renews our mind. That's what salvation does. That's what being saved does, that changing of us. And we have to protect that. And it's like a helmet. We put on that salvation. We live out that salvation. And in that salvation, we see the power of God. So is your mind wrapped with salvation, protected by it? Or is your mind still being trashed by the enemy, by the world, by your own insecurities? Cry out to Jesus for salvation. Cry out to Him to be delivered, and you'll be blessed. Thank you.